And uh, I'm going to get everyone to stand to your feet right now. It is time for the Word of God. And uh, we are in the middle of our Momentum series, and it has been a life-changing series. And today we have our senior pastor, Pastor John, sharing the Word of God. And uh, he is so anointed, and he is, if anyone knows how to get momentum in your life, it is Pastor John. So let's welcome him this morning as he shares. Thank you, Josh. Good morning, church. Hello. God bless you. Welcome. Great to be together. So good to be together. Love what God's doing here in our church. If you're online, welcome. Great to see you and have you join with us. Uh, If it is your first time here today, uh, then it's awesome to have you with us. Really trust you enjoy today. I can tell there's a lot of faith in the room. And one of the reasons I can tell is I can see a Queensland State of Origin jersey up the back, Matt. That's a lot of faith. And I'm staying with you, brother. Stay strong. Stay strong. It's coming. It's coming. Sometimes you've got to give the enemy a sniff just so you can rub his nose in it a little later on. Hey, it's, uh, this, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, for our executive team birthday week. This last week, Josh Dot turned 30 years old. Our campus pastor, Josh, who is just up here. And uh, Josh is a fantastic young man of God. 30 years old, that means half your life you've been coming to this church. God came to this church as a 15-year-old, and his life got radically transformed by God, and he's a phenomenal leader, a strong leader, leans into every challenge and every opportunity, so we love you, Josh. Happy birthday. Tomorrow's Dan Frecker's birthday. He's 20, what, 20, 25th. 25 years old. So Dan, it's uh, Dan's uh, and Josh and their wives, Eb and Shekinah, have been down in Sydney for an intensive week of training all week, and a lot of it was physical training. So poke them on the shoulder; they're probably quite sore. Uh, no, uh, Dan is a phenomenal leader and heading to Melbourne in a couple of months with his wife, Ebony, to start our first new location in Melbourne East, C3 Powerhouse. So if you're watching from Melbourne, we're coming to you. Can't wait. Happy birthday for tomorrow. And then Teresa this week, it's your birthday as well. She's 35 and it's really amazing. 25, 30 and 35. Teresa is a great gift to our church, full of life and enthusiasm and love for people. So who loves uh, our executive team and leaders? Aren't they good? God, that's, we're blessed with wonderful pastors and leaders here. Give the person beside you a high five. Grab your seat. Thank you, Ben. Done a great job. Done a great job. I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who um, gave and pledged in our Vision Builders Miracle Sunday last week. Uh, we, we basically, our Vision Builders is our giving program for our current and future facilities. Uh, many of us um, really felt like the Lord spoke to us to, to give, to see lives transformed, to see that people like Sarah's world changed because of the facilities that we currently have and, and that we uh, will have in the future. I want to tell you, this is amazing. Like, it's seriously amazing. Uh, from one, just uh, one Sunday, we've had $650,000 given and pledged for the next 12 months. Can you guys give yourself a big round of applause? Now, why that's amazing is 
Uh, last year, our total pledge was our biggest ever. It was 700,000. Uh, but the first week was around 450. And so over the next few weeks, people just who weren't, weren't there on the Sunday or were praying about it pledged and we got up. So I have a feeling we're going to uh, tick over $800,000 the first time ever for our church. So thank you for your generosity. If God's been speaking to you, these are on your seats here today. Uh, I know some people last week like, oh, I just need to pray about this a bit more. Need to think about this. Or maybe you missed last week and you're just, you're part of the vision of our church and you want to be giving. Then later on in the offering, just, you can take that, the um, things out, fill them in and get, put them in in the offering and, and um, begin your pledge for the next 12 months. So, whoa, God bless you. I am blown away and so thankful for an amazingly generous church. Turn to your neighbor and say, wow, you're generous. Come on, wow, you're generous. Yeah, you are. It's the last Sunday of uh, June. It's the last Sunday of this month and this theme that we've been doing called Momentum. And we've gone different places all over the month as we've focused on building momentum in your life. And this message is for anyone here today who feels like there's an area of your life that you're a little bit stuck in. There's an area of your life that you're a little bit, you've got stale in some area of your life. You're, you don't seem to be having any forward progress. Maybe you feel like you're going backwards in something. Maybe you feel like uh, you're not taking ground, you're treading water, you're, you're worn out in some area of your life and you need to get some momentum going. You need to get some forward progress going. You're, you're created to be moving forward and on the go. And sometimes what can happen is you can, you can lose momentum momentum in one area even though you've got it in another area. So you can, you can have momentum in your finances or you can have momentum in your business or your career, but you've lost momentum in your spiritual life or you've lost momentum in your, the sense of your purpose and calling spiritually. Maybe you've lost momentum in your marriage or your family or some area of your world. Maybe emotionally, you're, you're just got flat and you just, you're in a hole and you can't seem to get out of that hole. Whatever, whatever it is, uh, if you're in that rut, you're in that same old, same old, it's time to get some momentum going in your life. It's time to get some, some zeal and zest and, and not just be going from day to day going, oh, another week, this is terrible. I want, I want you on Monday morning to get up with a sense of, man, my life is making a difference. My life is counting. God's got a purpose for me and I'm living in the middle of that purpose. And sometimes when you get stuck, it takes a little bit more energy when the cars stop and you want to push that car and get it started. It takes more energy to get it started than when, and get it moving if you're, push, if you're pushing it then once it's moving. Once it's moving, it's easier to adjust something. But sometimes you need a little bit of energy to get something moving and to get it going. And so today I want to speak about momentum. Now, here's, here's the thing. Uh, I've done a couple of messages this month around it. One, one I did and I just, one of the, my, the biggest thoughts that I want to share with you that will help your, you, your momentum and where you're going is the power of this little baby, your tongue. Come on, poke your tongue out at me. Just your one time. I know many of you have liked or wanted to do this for ages. Mm, I know. Someone in my house does it quite regularly. I won't mention her name. Uh, it's not Danielle. But anyway, uh, it's all good. That just cost me $2. Okay, just keep moving along. Whenever I mention one of my family members and I identify my children, I have to give them money. It's a rule of our preaching. It's just how it rolls. Uh, if she's not here, don't tell her. It's all good. Uh, okay, so, so, so your tongue, that's what I'm talking about, your tongue. James says this in the book of James, that your tongue is like the rudder of your ship. And so we're, you can point the direction of your life with your tongue. I want you to know today that your life is going in the direction of your words. 
Whatever you're speaking is determining the direction of your life. Your, your life is that, your tongue is that rudder. You're creating your future with your words. Two things I want people to know all the time is show me your friends and I'll show me your future and, and show me your words and I'll show you the direction of your life. If your life is always talking about the past, either how good it was or how bad it was, you'll find that the direction of your life is backwards. If your life is always, if your if your tongue's always talking about your problems, you'll find the direction of your life is towards problems. But if your life gets a hold of the Word of God and begins to speak what God has said, you can create your future. You can create your direction by what you speak, and that's the first point of getting of getting momentum in your life. Just change your confession and start pointing in the direction that God wants you to go. That's just that's that's for free. That's not even today. That's a, a past message. Now, for me today, this whole area of, of momentum, and maybe it's just momentum towards a dream that God's given you. Maybe it's momentum towards something you've dreamed of but hasn't come to pass yet. And you're like, how do I get some momentum towards that dream? And so for me today, as often is the case, I preach a little bit to myself as well as out of what God's done in my life. So for me today, I've got something that I'm going to do, and this message relates to me, and that is I'm going to write a book. Okay, so I'm... Now I'm saying it publicly, so I'm committed. Uh, I'm going to write a book called The Wheels of Financial Blessing that God's, uh, Revy, that God's given me about uh, 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a week go by these days where someone says, have you thought about writing a book? You should write a book every Sunday. Someone's like, oh, God really told me you should write a book. I'm like, okay. I'm committing. Now I'm public, so I can't go back. So there we go. If I'm going to get momentum in this, I need to do some things. And so this morning, I want to share three things to help you get some momentum towards the dream God's given you, His plan and purpose for your life, or in whatever area it is. They're three simple things, and uh, one of them might apply to you. Maybe two of them will apply to you. Maybe all three of them will apply to you. But I'm here to help you live the best life that God's intended you to live. So are you ready to go? Let's get some momentum going this morning. The first thing simply is this. Sometimes to get momentum going, you've got to start something new. You've got to start something new. You've got, to, you've got to take a step towards something you've never done before. Because if you're, you, you can say it like this, your life will pretty much be a reflection of the things that you've done up until now. So if, what you're, if where you are is not where you want to be, then sometimes you've got to start something new to get somewhere different. Got to start something new. I remember uh, for me when I first uh, began business, and we had a uh, we bought a chemical business, and we were selling we were selling chemicals in one liters, four liters, ten and twenty liter containers, and we just weren't selling enough, and it wasn't profitable. And as I, as I sort of prayed, and I was praying, and I was speaking what God had said, but but then I needed to put some action to my to my prayer and my speaking, and, and so I just I, I found this thing called the yellow pages. I know, I know, some of you young people, the yellow pages is this book with all these uh, business addresses in it. I found the yellow pages and I just, I got on my phone and I just began to ring people. I began to ring them and said, what do you, what sort, do you need this sort of chemical? Do you need this sort of chemical? I began, I went to one particular category of, of trade that I'd never really dealt with because I was mostly dealing with shops and I began ringing them one after the other, one after the other uh, and work and work. And eventually what happened is I, I, I rang one guy and I, I thought, what do you do? And he goes, oh, I do this and goes, oh, do you, do you need any of these sort of chemicals? And he says, as a matter of fact, I buy it in bulk myself. I buy it in 44-gallon drums. 
Now, to someone who was selling four liters at a time, that was music to my ears. And so I began to have this conversation, and that one phone call opened up a whole new avenue of my business that eventually led to a brand new business that we started that I sold years later for $100,000. It all happened because I just decided I need to start doing something I haven't done before. I need to make some steps. I need to do something new. And I'm wondering here today if there's something new that you need to do to get some momentum back. And you know what? The thing mightn't be the thing, but movement might be the thing. Actually doing that thing mightn't be the perfect thing, but the fact that you just get moving, the fact that you knock on some doors, the fact that you give something a shot, the fact that you get out of your comfort zone will create some momentum in your life. I love Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. It says this, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Come on, I'm speaking to every melancholic out there who's analyzing for the perfect moment where everything's going to line up, where all your ducks will be in a row, whatever that means. Someone tell me what that means later. When everything will be perfect, when the planets will align, when the conditions will be perfect, when that happens and I've analyzed it and I've got it all ready and I'm ready to step out, then I'll start. No, 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 no. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never start. There's a power in starting. There's a power in doing something brand new. Don't get analysis paralysis where you're just frozen in fear and anxiety, overanalyzing and waiting. It's time to start something new. It's time to do something you've never done before. Maybe today for you, you've you've done something brand new by coming to church for the first time or over the last few months. Can I congratulate you by doing that and putting yourself, it'll be uncomfortable at first. It'll be unusual at first, but that's what normally happens when you start something new. You'll feel a bit out of your comfort zone. You'll feel a little, a little unusual, but if you persist with these new things, you'll find that you'll, you'll form some relationships. Things will start to make sense. And for you today, your, your whole life comes out of your spirit, your spiritual life. So beginning a relationship with God might be the thing. You've come to church, but actually beginning a relationship with Him might be your next step of starting something new that will begin momentum in your life spiritually that will flow over into other areas. At the end of this message, I'll give you a chance to pray a prayer inviting God into your life. Uh, maybe, maybe that's something new that you're going to do. Maybe church has got stale for you. It can easily do. You can get in a season where church has got stale and you're like, oh, I need to get some, I just need to get momentum back in my church life. Can I suggest to you that you do our growth track if you've never done it? You might've been in church for a long time and you're like, oh no, I know everything. But, but sometimes you've just got to take a step to get some momentum going. Next Sunday, during all of our services, you could start doing our growth track. It's four weeks and you could do it four weeks in a row and you'll find, oh, I'm getting some understanding. I'm discovering my gifts. I'm discovering my purpose. I'm beginning to get moving. Uh, I know for Danielle and I, there was a moment where we, we lost momentum in our relationship, in our marriage. And we're like, we, we'd always prided ourselves on being good at resolving conflict and working our way through different challenges. But we got on one particular issue and we just, we got stuck. And it, it would be like we'd talk ourselves into a hole rather than out of a hole. And so we realized, okay, we're stuck. If we're going to get momentum back, we've got to do something we've never done before. And for us, that meant we talked to our pastors and we said, we need to go and get some counseling. We need to get some help to get some tools and to get some skills to get out of this hole. And so can I tell you, did I want to do it? No. I like being on this side of the couch. 
not the other side of the couch. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to have the answers. And so in that moment, it's like, oh, I don't have the answers. And we sat down and, you know, I had to swallow my pride. And sometimes taking the, the, your next step means swallowing your pride. And so we sat down and we talked. And what was fantastic in that moment is, is not only did we get some fresh tools to work on the issues that we all come up with and all come up against, we got some great tools, but we also got some greater understanding of ourselves to understand why we were stuck. And so that one moment of doing something new created momentum in our lives that has flown on to this day. It was one of the great decisions we made. And I'm wondering today if you could be honest enough to say, where are you stuck? Where are you stuck? Are you stuck in your fitness and health? It's time to do something. I know, I just got really, that was a low blow, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's time to, to go and talk to someone. It's time to go and start to do something that you've never done before. And can I suggest the best time to do that is either this afternoon or tomorrow. Because if you don't do it, It'll be like, it'll be one of those float over your heads, good ideas, but you've got to do something now. Maybe you're like, uh, what's, what's that thing? Oh, I've, I'm just plagued by, by my past and, and thoughts of inferiority and insecurity, and, and I just can't seem to get forward. So maybe you'll start something new as to do an encounter day. Maybe it's to do a freedom course when the courses start. Maybe, and we've got all sorts of courses that are going to start in term three for our church. Maybe it's like, I need to get on top of my finances. I'm going to do a, a, a money management course. I'm going to do a marriage course. I'm going to do something. I'm going to invest in an area in my life where I'm stuck so that as I do something new, I'll create momentum in that area of my life and I'm taking ownership for it. Does that help anybody here today? Come on, do start something new. If you wait for perfect conditions, if you wait till you're not too busy, uh-uh, you'll never get anything done. All right, let's go to the second one. The second one for creating momentum is if you're starting something new, sometimes you've got to let something go. Sometimes you've got to let something go. Now, I, I reckon in this room, as I look around this room, as, as people are watching online right now, we've got a lot of great starters. Come on, I know some of you are like, oh, I'm good at starting things. I start one thing a week. I've got 15 books on the book, in the bookshelf beside me. I've bought so many books and I read the first chapter and they're still there. Come on, give me a wave if you're one of those starters. Some people are waving their partner's hand for them. Isn't that, that's so sweet of you to help one another out. Now here's the thing, you can be good at starting, but to be good at, sometimes to, be, to, to actually get momentum in something, it's not a matter of starting, it's a matter of letting something go. It's a matter of going, all right, I've, uh, you know, we, we had a rule in our house, Danielle wanted to get a dog. I said, we can't get a dog unless we get one less pet. That's just how it works around here. So the guinea pigs got donated to someone who loved them anymore, and we got a new guinea pig. Now she asks, can we get another dog? I'm like, which cat do you want to say goodbye to? Because if something's going to come, something's got to go. That's just kind of how it works at our place. Uh, we've got a dog called Rocket. I think if we get a second one, we'll call it Science. Come on, I'm just, I'm just here to help here, just here to help. All right, so you've just got to let something go. Some of you have maybe seen Marie Kondo, the, the, the lady who talks about decluttering your house. Have we got any fans here? I, I like, she just talks about how, how so much overclutter can create stress. I believe it. I believe more, uh, less mess equals less stress. I did the exercise. Didn't watch the program. Danielle told me about it, but I did the exercise. I, I went to my cupboard and I realized there's all these clothes that I just never pick. They're just there, but they're like my seventh option. 
And so I never picked them. And then you feel a little bit guilty because it's there. And so her whole idea is, well, what you do is you pull the ones out that you're never going to wear and you say, thank you, you bought me joy, goodbye, and you wrap it up and you give it away to someone who'll help you. Well, I did that. I went through my whole cupboard. And can I tell you, the next time I went to my cupboard, I looked at everything. It's like everything I could wear. Actually, I could wear everything. I felt so guiltless. I felt so free. It brought me joy. I'm just here to help. I'm just here to help. Maybe there's, now I'm not just talking about your clothes. Maybe there's something in your schedule, something in your timing, something you do now and you've done it for years and you're attached to it, but actually if you're going to start something new, if you're going to write that book, John, what are you going to let go? What are you going to stop doing right now? And there are non-negotiables, the big rocks of your life you can't let go of, but there are some things. I remember uh, talking to a guy once about his next step was to join a connect group. And we agreed together that the best one was on a Tuesday night. But, but he, ha- he had some sort of Greek dancing class on Tuesday night. He's like, oh, I, I, I go dance. And I, he went, I think he went a few times a week. And he's like, oh, I can't because I've got dancing. I'm like, okay, nothing against dancing. But your next step in growth and spiritual, and you can do it at other times, is this group. So if you're going to make some progress, you've got to let something go. You, got, you just got to go, that's got to go to make room for that. Otherwise, you just keep adding up stuff. And then what I watch, people who add up stuff, and then every now and then they just have a crash, and then they drop everything. And they're like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed because you took on stuff, but you didn't stop doing stuff. And so that's part of uh, the skill of life is not just to take on stuff, it's to stop doing stuff. But don't stop doing the things that are actually important. <laughs> Don't, don't, you know, this is not the time to sell the kids to save the money, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. There's just some things, I remember some people in their early days of coming to church, and I'm talking to them about going to group, and they're like, oh, I can't go out at nights. Why not? Home and away's on at seven o'clock. I'm serious. Every night. I'm like, two things. One, have you heard of a DVD recorder? You can record. Uh, but two, come on, come on. It's time to let something go. It's time to step into something new. So, now, here's the other thing. Sometimes the things that you've got to let go are good things. And they were successful things. And they brought you joy. I read about Kodak, uh, Eastman Kodak Company. Now, how many people have heard of Kodak? Just help me out here today. All right, I had some people in the first service. Young people, Kodak was cameras. Before there was digital phones and cameras, there was old school cameras. And they, you would develop, the, you take a photo, uh, you develop it, it'd go on this bit of paper, you take it to the lab, and it would become a photo. It was like a whole process. Okay, in 1976, the Kodak company had 90% of the American market of cameras, film, film equipment, and photographic services. It became such a well-known name and brand that we, we actually have a, a saying, oh, that's a Kodak moment. That, that, that brand became so iconic. That's in 1976, 90%. Now, as time went on, in the 1990s, digital imaging began to kick in and begin to take over the market, and they, they didn't, didn't get onto it. In fact, they missed the boat so much that last, in 2013, they only avoided bankruptcy by selling their patents off to keep them alive for millions of dollars. That's the only thing that kept them alive. Now, get this. In 1975, one of their engineers designed and created the first digital camera. They had the technology before everybody else. But their current success 
and the fear that they would lose the market share that they had right now by selling all the film meant that they shelved it, suppressed it, didn't show anybody and didn't go with what was the future because they were attached to the past and their previous success. Sometimes God wants to reinvent you. Sometimes God wants to take you out of the shell. Maybe you've been a Christian for 20 years and I've always done these things these way. And God's like, no, 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 there's some fresh things I want you to do. And I want you to let go of your identity in that. You're like, I, I've always been a worship leader. And we're like, well, but you're 95. It's time to let that go. It's like maybe in your connect group, that would be awesome. Whatever it might be. And you're like, God's trying to get something off you so he can get something to you. But you're holding on to that thing. Maybe it's time for a new era in your life and you've got to let go of something to discover what God wants to let you get into. I've found for me, this is the story of my life. I used to do the setup at church week in, week out. I was the guy, we would get all the chairs out from under the stage in the Kiwana Community Center. We'd put them all out. We, we'd, we'd, as we put them out, we're like, someone's going to get saved in that chair today. We'd pack them down. We'd put the sound gear away. That, I did that for years. There came a moment where, where someone said, okay, now you're the pastor. You don't need to be doing that anymore. You, you need to still serve, but you need to serve in another way because if you let this go, it will sharpen your focus for preaching and prayer and someone else can step in and take that role. Now, for part of me, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do that. I want to be one of the guys. I want to be seen to be doing stuff. But I realized if I was going to bring a sharpness and focus, I would still serve. I'm just going to be serving in a different way. That's been the story of my life as a leader as this church has grown more and more over the years. There's moments where I was doing the new Christians, the looking at helping disciple people who began a relationship with God. We'd meet for breakfast on a Sunday morning when we only had one service. And I loved it. It energized me. It was so much fun. But there came a moment where I had to let it go. Just enjoying something isn't enough reason to keep doing it. Just because something is, is your baby isn't enough reason that you need to keep doing it. Sometimes you've got to go, here's the baby. And I'm getting out into, I don't really know where land and it's okay. And I'm going to find God in this sort of uneasy vacuum that's a little unusual. That's okay. Because what you do doesn't define you. The, the seat you sit on doesn't define you. Well, your role and your work does not define you. Sometimes you've got to let something go to get some momentum in your life. This is what Hebrews 12:1 says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. You know what? So it's not just sin that will slow you down. There's weight that we carry. It says take the weights off. There's things that we carry that are slowing you down. Mindsets, activities, responsibilities. Maybe it's an actual, maybe it's a thought towards a certain person. And your unforgiveness of that person is holding you back. And it's time to let that go. Just let it go so that you can move into your future. Let something go if we're going to create momentum. As a church, uh, we can, we're continually asked this question every year. What do we do that's been good, has brought us joy, but maybe we could not do it 
so that we could get some more focus on some other areas and keep, and keep some growth and keeps, and we're, we're committed to consistently, I, I like to call it barbecuing sacred cows. Now we're committed to just going, well, we did that and that was great, but, but this year let's not have a men's or women's conference. We've loved them. They brought us so much joy, but let's take that focus and get people into life-giving connect groups and groups throughout the year. Whatever it might be, it takes courage to make those decisions for your life because our security can sometimes be in those things. But when you let something go, you allow God to begin to help move. I'm, I'm praying as I'm preaching that God is uh, applying this message because there's a thousand different things in this room that we need to let go, but let God speak to you about what it is for you. Okay, momentum. And number three, number three, turn to your neighbor and say, time for you to let something go. Number three is this, sometimes we need to narrow our focus. Narrow our focus. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I haven't succeeded, Paul says. People think I've succeeded, but I haven't. And then he says this, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press towards, I, I'm gonna narrow my focus and increase the power. That's the power. If I'm starting something that's gonna get me some momentum, that's good. I'm gonna let go of some things because they would distract me or, or their season's over or I'm moving forward. But now I'm gonna bring some real focus to one or two key areas of my life. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna choose my favorite book out of those 15 books. I'm gonna put the 14 away and I'm gonna finish that one book. And I'm gonna let the momentum of finishing something I've started build some momentum in my life. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna lock in on an area which, which is kind of like a, a low denominator in my life and I'm gonna really work and nail that. And it might take three months, one month, six months or 12 months, but I'm gonna focus on that one thing, maybe in my prayer or in my study or in my, in my group until I nail that. Because here's the great thing about momentum. You start to get momentum in one area and it creates a momentum in other areas. You might find, okay, your one thing that you're going to focus in on for, for marriages, for couples is praying together every day. That you might like, that would be our one decision. We're going to pray together every day. The statistics will tell you that in, in uh, uh, Christian and non-Christian uh, couples, pretty much across the world, the divorce rate is very similar. But, it, but for those believers who pray together every day, uh, couples, the divorce rate is 1%. So if you said, okay, help me um, future-proof my marriage, what could I do? What would be one thing? I'd just say, pray together for two or three minutes a day. Grab each other by the hand at some point, driving somewhere, uh, over, over breakfast, over dinner, wherever it is, and just pray for God and invite God to be the center of your marriage. Invite Jesus to be the third strand in your marriage. Invite Him to be the center. And that creating that habit, rather than, oh, I'm going to do 10 things. Creating that habit, let that become a habit. And then out of that, God will show you what your next thing is. But bring focus to your one thing. Uh, for Danielle and I, and this will be relevant for people who, who have stepped out or who are stepping out in vision builders. And we were doing this uh, number, probably 20 years ago. We were in a, a stage where we were juggling jobs. We were working between us, I think five different jobs that were including my business. And we were, we were doing our budget up. And at that, that particular point, we were, I think we were 
were tithing $100 a week, so $1,000 was coming in between all these things we were juggling. And then we were giving over and above that. We were sowing $100 a week, believing God to bless us. And so we'd, we'd done that over a period of time. So we'd stretched in generosity, and that was our one thing. So we're, we're generous. Then we, we did our budget up. And we realized that we're $500 a month short in our budget of doing our basics. And so when we did that, we went through an exercise. We went through the wheels of financial blessing, book coming later, that's another point. Uh, we went through this exercise, I said, Lord, what's going on? Uh, is this a wisdom moment where we need to stop our giving? And just, uh, we've looked at our expenses, we pull, we, there's not much more we could pull back. We pretty much can't get an extra job, what should we do? And God spoke to both of us, so we're in agreement, this is a faith moment. I want you to keep giving but I want you to, to now call in the seed that you've sown so that it multiplies, but I want you to bring focus to it. So we made a commitment that day and we began to pray and we said, Lord, we need 500 a month, but we'd love a thousand so we can do some nice things. We'd love a thousand so we can go to the movies and go out for dinner and bless people. Just, we'd, we'd love that. And so we made this commitment to pray every day for 10 minutes about one issue. Because remember, we're narrowing the focus. Like, let's just, let's nail this sucker. Let's grow our faith. God gave us a promise. In Psalm, the promise was your work will give you what you need. Blessings and good things will come to you. So we just began to pray every day. You know, the first six months, randomly, we got, it's like every month what we got given totaled 500. Sometimes it was a few little things, uh, you know, like our flybys points we cashed in for 300 and then this and it was just like just different things. Other times we got given a check from people we'd barely met for $500. This happened over six months as God was building our faith through focus on one thing. Then at the end of six months, someone sat us down and said, oh, you've been underpaid in your job. And so uh, just so you know, they worked it out and said, oh, you need a pay increase. The pay increase ended up being $2,000 a month. Now we're believing for, for a thousand, we need 500, God did double. I wanna tell somebody here today, when you bring focus and you bring the promise of God and you begin to work on that one issue, then God is able to bless you in that area. And then we go, cool. So you know what, that, that was six months of a particular focus that has now become a foundation for our lives that we can, we can draw back on that at any point we want to. Just like the focus on our marriage was something we did for about six months and we learned skills that we're able to pull from for the rest of our life. Maybe, maybe doing some sort of course will allow you to do that. Maybe some of you need to go to TAFE and learn that, that skill that'll get you towards that dream, whatever it is. And you, you'll, maybe some of you are gonna learn something about your fitness and health that will, you'll draw on for the rest of your life because... You narrowed the focus and increased the power. Can I ask us to close our eyes right now, right across this room? The, the power of focus is an amazing thing. It's like the magnifying glass. The sun's there. You, put, you point that thing at a little piece of paper. The sun on its own won't burn it. But if you hold that magnifying glass long enough, you bring focus, then eventually the fire will light. Maybe there's a, an emotional thing you're carrying. One of the biggest lies about emotional challenges is that time will heal things. Particularly where you've been hurt. I'll just, I'll just give it time and I'll get better. But time doesn't heal all things. 
time and truth heals all things. So if you've got some things going on because you've been hurt, something was said, something happened to you, then really lean into the pain of getting it fixed in your heart. Talk to someone. Talk to someone who'll tell you the truth, not who'll just give you some pity. Lean in and find healing. You'll find freedom the other side if you lean into that forgiveness journey. Father, I thank you for your spirit here, touching every person in the room, those who are watching online. Holy Spirit, you're the one who brings the Word of God to life. And I'm asking that you'd show us, I know you already have been, where we need to start something new, where we need to let something go, and where we need to narrow our focus. If God's speaking to you this morning about one or more of those areas, I want you just to raise your hand and just acknowledge, yeah, God's speaking to me about something I need to start something I need to let go, something I need to focus on. Lots of people, fantastic. Fantastic, help us, Lord, have courage. It takes courage to build momentum. It takes perseverance to build momentum. Church, you're amazing. Cannot wait to see you tonight. Uh, Derek Rebello is going to be phenomenal. I've invited quite a number of friends who said they're going to come. It will be inspiring for so many people. Uh, Teresa, you up? The band is up. We're singing a song. Why don't we stand to our feet as we sing a song? God bless you.